welcome to our third episode of the Who, What, When, Where, and Why podcast. My name is Kathleen Johnson, and I am the Membership and Marketing Director at the Tuscarawas County YMCA. And joining me today, again, is YMCA Aquatics Director, uh, Stacy Harland. So hi, Stacy. Thanks for coming back with me. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. So Stacy was part of our first team that was here with you in episode one, where we got to know a little bit about Stacy and uh, why she does what she does. But before, um, together, before we dive in deep, like my little reference there. I love it. A discussion on water fitness um, and why it should be part of everyone's health and fitness. I do want to just remind everybody about the the YMCA mission and the fact that we're 100 years old in the Tuscarawas County community. Um, so it's been a little rough celebrating the 100 years this year with, our, um, with COVID and the pandemic, but we still just want to remind people that we are here and... Um, doing great things in the community still and are hoping for another 100 years. So our mission is to enrich the lives of everyone in our community by developing a healthy spirit, mind, and body through membership services and programs based on Christian principles and values. Um, So now you know um, why we're here, why we love it, why we we do what we do. I want to... um, go back though to our first episode and I want um, you just to kind of remind our listeners um, what brought you to water how early did you start and your your career and where where it is today sure yeah so um, my experience with water started very very young Um, I was three years old when I swam my first competitive um, race. So, and I swam all the way through to college. So I've been doing it a long time. Um, Excuse me. What brought me to the Y was actually started as a lifeguard, just as one of those, you know, jobs to um, keep myself busy during the summer and make a little money and um, studied political science in college and realized how much I didn't like politics. And, um, (laughs) Was looking for a job, uh, you know, to keep me afloat until I decided what I wanted to do out of college and found the why. And here I am um, working still around water. Um, I don't do well when I'm not around water. (laughs) So (laughs) So ask anyone that knows me, don't give me anything to do on land. I will fall down, but you give me that water and and I'm I'm good to go. So that's kind of how I got here and um, just really love what I do. It's what I know. Um, it, it makes me happy. It makes me happy to make other people happy in and around water mm-hmm. and to see them get healthier and safer. And, uh, I don't, I don't know that I see myself doing anything else. So here well, we are. Uh, the title of our podcast today is just add water. Yes. And, um, what I want to talk about right at the beginning is, um, the message of it being a life skill. Yes. So talk to me about that. Why do you feel it's a life skill? Uh, well, I mean, the first number one reason would be that if you don't know how to um, be safe around water, it, it can be fatal. And, and people forget it's you don't have to be in a body of water for it to be dangerous. We're, we're looking at, you know, the little ones that they talk about, like, just don't leave a, a even a bowl or a bucket of water around, um, you know, when there's little ones, because they could... Um, even leaving the toilet seats up, that's kind of a weird thing to mention, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's water and it's something fun to play with. So they can go up Mm -hmm. and they can play with it and they reach, 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 reach. And next thing you know, they're, 
you know, uh, head over or bottom overhead right. in this water. And if there's not anyone there to um, get them upright and out of that danger, then it, it can be very dangerous. Um, so so it, talk to me about like, what's one of the very first lessons? I'm a, a new mom. I've got my six month old because we start lessons yes. at six months. What's one of the very first things, the very first element that you're going to teach the parent and child Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Yeah. What is that? Um, actually, I love the way the Y has their swim lesson program designed because one of the very first things we teach, even as young as six months, um, obviously they're not going to speak it, but we, we do start that young that we, they watch the parents ask the instructor, may we go to the poolside? Yes, you may. And then once they get old enough that they can then ask themselves, you know, Miss Stacy, can can I go sit by the pool? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. Then we make them ask, may I get in the water? Yes, you may. So it's it's just teaching the parents that you should never let your children be around water, even if they're swimmers. Um, anything could happen. Um, the best of swimmers can breathe in at the wrong time and get long, a lung, you know, full of, of water, and it can be very dangerous. Um, they can be, you know, having holding their breath contests, you know, right. and, and blackout underwater. So right. it, it takes a matter of seconds for that to happen. So um, I would I would tell the, the parents, first of all, just really reiterating over and over again and being very strict about you don't go near that body of water. If you have a pool in your backyard, cover it, put a fence around it, put locks on it, and make sure they know that unless we're here physically watching you, um, you're not allowed to go near that water. Right. Um, that's probably the first one. Mm -hmm. Once we get beyond that, very, very young, we just teach them. Um, we actually tell our little, our little ones, this is the only place that you can spit water out of your mouth. So <laughs> we want them to know it's called shipping and expelling. It's basically allowing water to enter the mouth and teaching them to spit it out before they breathe it in. Right. Um, so that's, a big one. And then the next one would be floating, just teaching them that they can, if they are in a body of water and they're tired, um, too far from the side, no one's there to help them. We want them to learn to roll onto their back and learn how to float on their back because mm -hmm. then they can catch their breath and then they can yell for help. Right. So. I think one of the ones that I, um, that always kind of stuck in my mind was, um, when you, the child jumps into the water, that immediate turnaround, where did yes. I come from? Absolutely. Um, and that muscle memory of I jumped in, I want to turn around and see where I jumped from, because yes. that's probably going to be my quickest land source, right? So I always liked that. Um, I liked the uh, learning respect for water. Absolutely. Right. And that seems like a weird thing because water doesn't like have a it's not a person. Mm -hmm. How do I respect it? But you can. Talk to me a little bit about respecting water. Absolutely. Um, so I always tell the kids when we're first learning that, um, and even adults, because I get adults that have, you it, know. Absolutely. They, <laughs> yeah. Most adults will have either been thrown in by a parent <laughs> or another family member and just told now swim, or they were dunked under, or they just were left alone and, um, you know, or wandered off right. and got into water before they were ready to be alone and they've had a bad experience. So what I tell them is the water is your friend. If you respect and are nice to the water, it will hold you and support you. Um, so 
that really helps when we're like first learning how to kick and move our arms. If they're just smacking the heck out of that water, right. I say, okay. So if someone came up and just started smacking you on the arm, would you want to be their friend? You know? Right. Um, so let's be nice, you know, respect that water, know that it's there for you to have fun, but you also have to use it at the right times and in the right ways. And that's, kind of how we begin to teach that respect yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, that yes, it is a very fun environment and can be a way for you to get very healthy and have a great time. But if you don't use it the way it's intended to be used, right. then it, it can be a dangerous situation. Yeah. So, I mean, even like a, an instrument that you would play, if you, if you respect the piano, play it well, um, be soft on it, but also you can be dramatic on it. But if you pound on it, Nobody's right. going to want to listen exactly. to you. That's <laughs> right? a great. Uh, that's so a great yeah, so your instruments, water is an instrument. And so that's a great segue into our next topic, which is, um, yeah, we want every kid to learn to swim. We want every adult to know how to swim. Um, but we also want them to know that it's such a great resource when it comes to physical fitness. And so that's really going to be the, the bulk of our uh, podcast today is talking about um, what are the benefits of using water um, in your um, in your health routine and um, and in your uh, weekly you know not just being a lifter not just being a cardio um, fanatic where you're just going to run 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 um, so we can almost talk about every sport but we're gonna we're gonna highlight some of the main sports I think. Uh, not swim team, obviously, because they're using the water, they get it. But some of the other sports and some of the other things, I want to highlight what water would do with that. So let's talk um, about buoyancy and gravity. Sure. And the difference between those two things. Absolutely. Um, so one of the great things about using water for physical fitness or therapy is that um, anyone who's, who's dealing with a situation health-related where they can't deal with the high impact. So they can't be running outside on, on the asphalt. Um, they can't be jumping up and down, um, even just, just putting their foot down on a, a, a solid firm surface and then kicking, you know, like mm -hmm. you would in, in a, like a land aerobic class. Um, it's very difficult for some folks. If you have, um, joint, you know, issues where it's either arthritis or having had an injury or a replacement, um, they really want you to kind of stay away from that. Uh, we get a lot of folks in the water that have back trouble because mm -hmm. the constant impact is really bad for the back. So the nice thing about, um, you know, on land, you're dealing with gravity. You lift the leg. If you release your muscle, the leg's going to drop. Right. In the water, the same thing will happen, but you have time because that leg is buoyant and the water is going to hold it and support it. So, um, We've had folks that have either been in a car accident that have come back to learn how to walk again in the water. Um, and just by simply either holding on to somebody and then walking with them, they may only take two or three steps in the hour period of time they're in, but those are two or three steps that they were not going to take on land. Right. And having that buoyancy and that support really helped them get through that. Um, and, and when you're just looking at, um, We've had, you had mentioned sports, how other sports can utilize the water. Yeah. We have runners that will come in when they're, um, you know, nursing injuries, whether it be an ankle or a knee or mm -hmm. hip, um, hamstring, doesn't matter what it is. They will come in and aqua jog. 
Right. Um, they're still getting the same motion. They're getting the resistance from the water, but they are supported and they're not dealing with that impact right. that they would if they were trying to walk or run on land. But not only those that are supporting an injury or trying to recover from an injury, but also those who are trying to prevent an exactly. injury that maybe they're working towards a marathon and they really want to get that extra cardiovascular, they want to get that extra joint movement, they don't want the impact or the Im- um, they, the pressure on their joints, um, they might come in and do 30 minutes of water jogging as well just to get extra miles, Yes, you know? Um, so it doesn't always have to be to support an injury or to, it could be to prevent, uh, be an injury preventer. So let's talk about that. So healthy athletes, Yes, what, you know, what are some of the most, um, uh, the greatest resources for the water that they can do? Um, water, uh, you've, you've talked about water jogging. Yes. So what are some of the other things that are really good? I tell you, I, I mean, I've, I've known runners and, you know, folks in other sports that come in just to swim laps, just because it's a different way to use the muscles, um, and also get cardio in a different way, yeah. working on vital capacity, you know, in the lungs and the breathing and learning how to control the breathing. Swimming is a great thing to do if you're just looking at trying to control your breathing, say, while you're running a marathon or running a sprint. Right. Um, I I joke with people when I teach them how to swim, if, you know, folks will put their face in and hold their breath and take a bunch of strokes and then come up and they're like breathing, you know. Okay, so let me ask you, if I were to tell you to run from here to there, would you take a deep breath and hold your breath and run there and then breathe once you got there? (laughs) No, you're going to breathe through the whole thing. So learning how to breathe correctly while swimming can help you with that breath control when you're doing these other sports that require you to, to have breath control. Yeah. And be able to last a longer period of time. Now, um, I can remember a few years ago, uh, seeing a boxer in the water. Yes. So let's talk about that. I mean, what, what benefit would a boxer get from water? It's interesting you ask that. Um, so in that situation, it would be a matter of resistance. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, someone who was looking and we've had like the ultimate fighters come in and practice, you know, like kicks and stuff like that. Right. Um, which, which is great. We, they usually come in to, to work with the water as far as resistance goes. So when you're punching through the air, you're not fighting anything. There's nothing there. Um, when you're punching through the water, you have the resistance of the water. And what um, some folks don't realize is that the harder you push through the water, the more resistance you feel. Um, and then you can change the form of your hands. Um that's a great it, thing. Yeah. I want to talk about that because a lot of people don't think about that. The slice compared to the, yeah, let's yeah, talk about absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, um, and, and this would, this would occur also just in the sport of swimming. So when you first learn how to swim, people will want to claw at the water. <laughs> and so, so we tell them if you're eating soup, do you eat it with a fork or do you eat it with a spoon? Well, we eat it with a spoon. Why? Because it holds the liquid. Right. So that it can go to your mouth. Um, So when we're swimming, the way we get from one point to the other, you think about a boat. Where's the propeller on the boat? It's in the back. Why? Because you need to push the water behind you to move forward. So there's different ways you can manipulate your, the position of your hands to get less or more resistance. And anyone who's taken aerobics from me will, will know, Mm because I teach this in aerobics, um, 
you can go from a um, a slice, okay, straight up and down, like cut, like cut a butter knife. Through. Yep, yep. <clears throat> that is the less the least resistance. So whether mm-hmm. you're going this way or this way, um, and then the next one would be a fist. So you still have resistance. It's a little bit more, but it's not as much as if you flatten that hand out right. like a spatula. So mass and mm-hmm. then more. Yes. So your surface. You want to think about how much water are you moving, right? With whatever device you're using, whether it's your hands, your feet, um, a kickboard, a hand paddle, a dumbbell. The bigger it is, the more water you're going to move with it. The more resistance you're going to feel. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that when you swim, you swim with flat hands, so the water can't escape because you want to push as much water behind you as you can to go forward. Right. So if we swam with fists, and, and I, when I was competing and training, we would swim a set or two with fists just to feel the difference. Um, you would notice a difference in resistance. You would notice a difference in your speed. You would notice a difference in how far you get in a certain amount of time because right. you're not moving as much water. Right. So um, when you're looking at, you know, if a boxer were to want to play around with that a little bit, start with some, you know, you can kind of punch with slices, you can punch with your fist, which you normally do when you box, and then play around with it with a flat hand pushing the water forward. It's just right. getting, training the muscles to, you know, have a quicker reaction because it isn't going against that resistance. Yeah. So water, obviously, thicker than air, right? Yes. So that's just a common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have read that it's like 800 times de- denser than air. Um, and you can get 12 times more the resistance. So um, let's talk about uh, cardio sure. in water and um, water temps. Because a lot of people will go, oh, water's just for old people. Um, or uh, I'm not going to use the water. And we've already said athletes use the water, mm-hmm. right? We've already determined that that's false. Mm-hmm. That's a myth, right? Um. Uh, sometimes I just think they're wiser, right? They got in the water and they, yeah. they know the great things that come from it. So let's talk about cardio, burning calories in the water, the pros and cons of that versus temperature. So let's get into some science here okay. and talk about temperature of the water, mm-hmm. um, what are safe zones for temperature and what kind of exercises to do in that. Sure. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So um, the one thing I can tell you for sure, I didn't know in all my years of swimming, I didn't realize this until I was... Um, teaching aerobics and, and went through the training. Um, if you're looking to burn the most calories in water, you want to use your lower body. Mm-hmm. You burn the most calories with your lower body. Um, <clears throat> combining the two is great. Um, obviously, the cooler the water is, the harder it's going to be to get that heart rate up. Why? Because the temperature of the water, uh, if it's cooler, will actually slow your heart rate. So do you sweat? Oh my goodness. If you work hard enough, you will. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so, and I, I prepared that question because, um, a lot of people will be like, well, you know, I don't really like to sweat. So I use the water. Um, and we have to constantly remind people you have to rehydrate. Yes. Like you really do. You're only going to sweat probably from your eyebrow to your, you know, like you're going to physically feel the sweat here, but your whole body's going to continue to sweat and you do need to rehydrate after water. But in that cardio experience, so let's talk about what are what can you do in the water? What are some of the exercises in the water? Cre- create a great cardio workout, lower body. Okay. So um, 
One of the things that I do when I'm when I'm just looking to do it myself, I like a lot of treading water. There's different types of kicks that you can do. Um, obviously, the longer your levers, the more you're working, the more resistance. And what is a lever, Stacey? A said, lever for those that like don't your, know, it would be your leg. That was, so that was like instructor talk. That's a great question. <laughs> a lever. Um, so arms and legs would be would be like your levers. Yes. So if you kick with a nice long straight leg from the hip all the way down to your ankle, nice and straight, you're going to move more water, and it's going to be uh, more resistance, more difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I teach aerobics, I have two different types of kicks. I have a flutter kick that, um, or like a snippet kick, which is from the hip all the way down to the ankle. You're using your whole leg. And then I have one that we actually call temper tantrum kick that you, it's like you're sitting in a chair and your knees are bent and you're just kicking from the knee down, just like a kid that just had their lollipop taken away. Right. You haven't had dinner, you know, (laughs) and what do we do? We kick our legs and kind of throw a little um, temper tantrum. So that would be an example of how the levers would change. A nice long leg is going to burn more calories, more resistance. It's going to cause you to work a little harder. And then when you sit in that chair and kick just from the knee down, like a temper tantrum, um, the lever's shorter, less resistance, burning less calories, and it's going to be a little bit easier. But But you're still, again, the harder you push and the faster you go, will determine how much uh, you're burning. Good. So those little little kicks. So when uh, if I increase those kicks, that takes me into another favorite that is used a lot in the water, which is the cross-country ski. Correct. So yeah. um, again, here's a cross-country skier that loves to cross-country ski, uh, but in the winter can't get out as sure. much, but wants to keep that movement. Can you do that in the water? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the great thing is your your legs are already working really hard pushing against that water. Again, always keep in mind, um, I I get on my my folks in aerobics. I see you got your, you're just kind of pushing through nice and slow and relaxed. And like I told you to go all out, let's go. (laughs) Let's see you push those legs harder and faster through the water. Um, So it, that's one of the great things about water is that you can adjust it to what you need. If you're not quite ready to do those really wide strides, cross country kicks, you can do shorter ones, Mm -hmm. more like a, like a flutter kick and then make them wider. And then, um, when in the water, there's the different ways that you can adjust one particular exercise. So for example, let's take cross country ski, cross country ski can be changed by making the movement smaller or larger making it faster or slower, and then also changing your position in the water. So if we're standing in, let's say, four feet of water, I'm taller than four feet. Um, the water's going to be right around my chest height. It's a little less resistance because your whole entire body is not underwater. Um, and then if you go down to what's called an, a neutral position, that's where you would have to kind of squat down a little bit and get the shoulders wet your body's having to work in different ways because of the position of the body. The muscles will work differently. It's still the same exercise, mm-hmm. but same done movement. in a different way. Um, when you're in shallow water, you can do, it's called rebound where before each kick, I call it power in the legs. You're going to push up as high as you can, almost like into a jump and switch those legs from front to back, uh, like you would for a ski that just adds a little more power in the legs. And then of course we can do suspended and yes. you can either do that in the deep end or you can go just a little bit deeper where you just barely touch and tiptoes on the ground and you can do it that way. Um, you can even change the way you hold your arms. You right. can do it where, you know, the hands go one forward, one back, and then you switch. You can do both forward, both back. 
you can always do forward, always do back. It just... Yeah, there's so much. The tiniest so, little change can make a huge difference in what you're feeling. Just the word rebound, mm-hmm. right? So again, let's think about sports. Sure. Um, rebounding is a is a great... Um, that That pushing up through the water, again, water so much thicker than air, right? So vertical jumping, um, great for a basketball player. Sure. Um, Great for a volleyball player. Mm -hmm. Great for a gymnast, right? Everybody who has to spring themselves from Mm -hmm. floor to, and, and what a better way to create resistance in that. Instead of sticking more weight on top of you, Mm -hmm right? That's going to have to come down. Absolutely. Because gravity is going to come down and that creates impact on the floor. Those athletes don't need any more of that. They already have it. Correct. Yeah. Um, But in the water, pushing up through, thrusting through resistance Mm -hmm. creates a, a, a great workout for the legs. But then the landing is soft because of exactly. And that, as you were talking, that's the first thing I thought of was, Ooh, she doesn't say it. I'm gonna. Yeah. Um, you could come down on both feet and not roll an ankle. Uh, right. You know, um, right. And, and that's a lot of um, what you do to prepare for sports should be strengthening those high risk areas. So like for basketball players and gymnasts alike, it's yeah. ankle, even volleyball players, because yeah, you are absolutely. going up to, you know, to hit the ball. Um, you think about what common injuries are for certain athletes and those are the areas they should be strengthening to prevent those injuries from, yeah. from occurring. So that's, yeah, absolutely. You could definitely practice that in the water. So what I love about you is you, you have such a great knowledge about it because you were an athlete, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and you keep really updating that knowledge um, your better half is, is also there for great, um, questions on that. Yes. And so, um, uh, Stacy's husband, Jamie, um, tell us what he does. Yes. He's uh he's an athletic trainer and, um, has been for, oh gosh, I think he started his first one fall of 1999. So it's been a little while. Mm-hmm. And then he also teaches the exercise science and um, sports med class at Buckeye. So he now is not only very knowledgeable in the whole sports medicine side of it, but now the actual science of exercise and, um, you know, what each, it, it's really neat talking to him because he, he has really great ideas on things I wouldn't even think about to tell someone. I, 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 I've been known to call him from work or text him from work. Hey, this person came in and this this is their situation and I don't know what to tell him. And boom, he can come right back with, um, you know, with, with an answer for me. So, um, he also, it's nice because he, he was with me when we were in college. He was, um, studying sports medicine, um, <laughs> athletic training at the same college as I was. And he was actually, we met because he was a, um, he was doing some of his um, observation or clinical time with the swim team. So it's neat because he, he got a knowledge of swimming he didn't have before. Right. So um, he, uh, he's actually come to me before with athletes he's had that are injured that are like, hey, this person has access to a pool. And they tore something in their knee and we got to get them back ready to go here in the next couple of weeks. Right. Give me some exercises that we can do. So it's nice because right. we bounce off each other. 
we feed off each other. But um, it, it's nice to have that extra resource yeah. um, that I can refer back to when and I need I, And help. I think, you know, I would encourage all parents that if you have an athlete that's a soccer player, a basketball player, a baseball player, like um, I know Josh, Josh, where is it? Josh is, he's not listening anymore. Were you a baseball player at one point? Yeah, so that's what I thought. Um, you know, Josh, who does the podcast for us, he's off in the wings over there. Uh, even baseball players, like every athlete should at least give themselves a day or a day or two in the water a month, maybe once a week, um, just to be able to provide some of that swinging motion, even a golfer, um, it, building that resistance because the, the thickness of the water compared to air. Um, I also love, and you talked a little bit about the science on this. I love, um, when I was training, they talked about hydrostatic pressure. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the things that I'm going to go back through my notes real quick, cause we passed on that, but, um, that they talked about was that as it, when you're in the water, there's this pressure that's coming in the body. And as you breathe, it's being pushed through and then it immediately comes back in and surrounds the body. So it's giving this continuous pumping motion like your heart is pumping. So it's this hydrostatic pressure. So it's kind of like mini massaging, like the body as you go through it, as you push through it, the surface of your skin is feeling this pressure of the water. And so there's this, there's a small little um, massage going on there's this beating of the heart going on and the water is feeling that the water is feeling that vibration of that. And, um, and so when you get out of the water, you, you still feel that like it's, it's like that hug Mm -hmm. and it. And that sounds super corny and weird. No, but it's absolutely true. But it's true. Um, quick little story. It's interesting. I I got a, a question in all my years of aquatics that I, Luckily, I knew how to address it, but no one had ever asked me before, and I thought it was um, really cool. This this gentleman that comes in quite often to swim laps, and he's been just, you know, kind of picking my brain a little bit about his technique and uh, whatnot, and and I know that this this person has had a heart attack. They they did approach me at one time and say, hey, I probably should let you and your staff know that I I have had a heart attack before, Um, so, you know. You might watch. want to watch me. <laughs> yeah. but, Not but that you he, wouldn't be watching. He did ask me the other day, it was a, a couple weeks ago, stopped me on my way out and said, hey, I have a question for you. Um, and it's something that I just recently noticed, and I don't know why, but he said he gets in and he starts swimming. And he notices that when he first gets in and starts swimming, that his breathing is kind of labored. Like it's a, it's a little more difficult to breathe. And um, it gets better as he keeps swimming, but he... He, he just recently noticed it and he was concerned, is it, do I have a health issue or, you know, do I need to go see my doctor? And I, I, I said, first time, no, anyone's ever asked me this, but it would make perfect sense that if you were doing physical activity on land where you don't have that pressure of the water against your chest and you haven't been in the water for a while, that you would notice when I first get in and start swimming, man, it is a little more, it's almost suffocating. It's a little more difficult to breathe. But as you go lap after lap after lap and um you know your your body adjusts to it your lungs adjust to it it's like breathing on land so um it makes perfect sense um and and the way i explained it to him was i said every so often when i'm in the bathtub i'll just want to lay back and relax 
And even in all my years of aquatics, I forget when I go in the bathtub and I lay back and I feel that water come up over my chest, I feel the pressure against my chest. Right. It's definitely there. Right. It's like um, elevation for... Absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're, if you're laying, you know, vertical in the water or horizontal, front, back, straight up and down, the pressure's there. So um, it definitely will change the way you feel when you're exercising in water and even afterwards. Okay. So we've talked about aqua aerobics. Um, we didn't talk about twinges, but we know that warm water is good for um, joint. So let's talk about... Um, we have two different pools at the Y, one that's sitting about, our small pool would be sitting around 88, 89 degrees. Yeah. Our larger pool sitting around anywhere between 79, 81, 82. We like to try on. to, right around 82, 82 is our goal, yeah. So um, tell me the difference in what activities you would do in the warmer water mm -hmm. compared to what activities you would do in the sure. cold yeah. So obviously, um, the warmer the water, just like when you're on land, the warmer the room that you're exercising in, um, the quicker your heart rate's going to get up, the more you're going to sweat. Um, so in the warmer water, it's not really recommended that you do a whole lot of heavy cardio exercise. Mm -hmm. um, we recommend it, uh, that type of temperature for someone who is looking for range of motion, flexibility, um, and obviously the warm water feels great on, right, you right. know, sore muscles and injuries and, and things of that. So such. names of the programs that we would feature in that. So pool. we have um, the, probably the very first step for someone who's getting started in water, looking for that type of thing, range of motion, flexibility, and just overall feeling better would be the twinges class. And that is uh, a class that is designed uh, with the help of the arthritis foundation. Mm -hmm. And they, we, oh gosh, the total number, I should have this memorized. I want to say it's like around 70 or 80 different available exercises you can do. Working from the head all the way down to the toe, including the fingertips and toes. Just working on, um, when I teach the class, I try to uh, make every movement that we do in the class relate to an everyday activity. So a functional a Functional, movement. yeah. Yep. So when I have them reach up in front of them, I say, okay, we're, you know, grabbing the dish out of the dishwasher, putting it in the in the cabinet. Um, the one where we I have them lift their feet and kind of march, I say, okay, grandkids are over, we're stepping over the toys. Right. Um, things of, you know, things of that nature. So not only are they doing the exercise, but they're also taking a minute to think about how is this exercise helping me in everyday life, everyday right. functions. Right. And that is our goal of that class is to get them comfortable in everyday life. Again. Uh, big shout out to United Way. Yes. Yes. For helping us keep that program yes. free for our members. Absolutely. And very, very cheap for the community when we are allowing community members yes. again. But. Yes, they yeah. um, they've been supporting us for many years now, yeah. and uh, it's very much appreciated. And we have really great success with that class. We, I mean, my gosh, when I, I never have a hard time getting success stories, um, getting them exactly when I need them is is always a little tricky. But I, I they're they're being thrown at me here. I want to tell my story. I want you know yeah. this is how it has helped me. So very very good success with that that program. Um, when we when we had that program originally when I started here, we didn't really have 
a class for them to move on to. So when, say, they've just had a joint replacement and they're not quite ready to come out and do a full-blown aqua aerobic class in the cooler water, but they want kind of a step up, we then created the aqua fit class, which would be the next step. Okay. And it is uh, basically, we took the twinges class that normally doesn't use much equipment, um, doesn't do a whole lot of traveling or work on getting the heart rate up at all. And we just kind of turned it up a couple notches. We added some some dumbbells, some kickboards, some some uh, stretch cords, and um, added just a very short, small cardio portion to it. So whether it's walking in circles or just using the dumbbells and moving them a little faster and harder through the water, uh-huh. it's a great step up from twinges. If if you're if twinges isn't quite enough for you now move up to AquaFit, and that one is also in small pool, warm water. Right. So when we're talking about dumbbells, we're not talking about weighted bells. Oh, no. These are the ones that um, are like the little two-year-olds come and pick them up and play yeah. with them. It's real yeah, fun. They, we take pictures ooh, of them, holding them up, holding looking them up. strong. Yeah, they're foam. Um, they're buoyant. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're working with buoyancy, not weight. Yes. So again, I mentioned earlier that the bigger the the device, whether it be your hand or a piece of equipment is, the more resistance, mm-hmm. the more difficult it'll be to use. So the dumbbells are the same way. The lower resistance are the smaller ones and the real heavy resistance are the big ones that make you look real strong when you hold yeah, them up. When you hold picture. them up. Yeah. Yeah. So some great tools. So those are the two classes. Um, seasonally, we also have an aqua yoga class that would be held yes, in do. that pool. Mm-hmm. Um, great for anyone who obviously doesn't want to sit on the floor at the bottom of the pool and mm-hmm. <laughs> hold their breath. Um, so uh, a lot of standing, um, but great, great program. Yeah. Um, and um, so, and then our little ones are going to learn to swim back there yes. and, and that kind of stuff. So let's move. Is that all of them? That's all for okay. now. Yeah. So let's move to the large pool. Yes. I want you to end with the one that's on the, the surface one. of the water. Okay. So let's talk about that one sure, last. Sure. Um, but yeah, talk me uh, through some of the, other than swimming laps, what are okay. some of the programs in the sure. large pool? Um, yeah, we offer just a, a very basic aqua aerobics class, but we have two different levels of that one. We have one that is held on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 9 a.m., which if you were stepping up from that aqua fit class into aerobics, that's the one I would tell you to yeah, start with. Yeah, that's the next transition. Um, that one is held the entire class is held in shallow water. So you, so you don't have to be a swimmer. That's that's the other thing I want to throw out is I just talked to someone the other day on the phone that says, I am not a swimmer, but my doctor said I have to get in the water and start exercising. What yeah. can I do? I said, oh, you got a couple hours. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but this was actually Lots the class do. I recommended because the doctor does not want them in warmer water. And I said, this is great because you're working the resistance. You're working the cardio, but it's very low impact. We're not jumping and running and and, and doing those high impact exercises in this class. Um, it's 45 minutes. And um, like I said, it's all shallow water. We, we do music, we use music. Mm-hmm. So um, when we're always taking suggestions for the type of music to use. So uh, the music can, you know, get, get you going as well, get you excited. And um, really great group of people. Um, the, we get a lot of regulars. It's been a little different since the COVID, but sure. before that hit, we, I mean, this 
the, the twinges classes, the aquafit classes, all of our uh, exercise classes, they, they kind of form like a little community, a group, and mm-hmm. they'll go out and get coffee afterwards. Or, you know, when they're not, when someone isn't showing up for a while, they're, they're calling and checking, checking on them. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's really great that way too. But that would be the first one I would say to, to take when you're first looking to get started with something aerobic, something that's going to work on your cardio. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday mornings, we have kind of a little step up. It's at 9 a.m. also. And that's one of the ones that I teach. Uh, that one is taught in both shallow and deep water. I love deep water because you can do something you did in shallow and do it again later in the deep por- deep water portion of the class. And it feels completely different. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, working the body in a different way. Um, but that we do a little bit in the shallow, a little bit in the deep, and then we come back to the shallow for a cool down. And then again, you wouldn't have to be a swimmer. You could use a belt. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You could use a belt or we do have folks that like that class because it is the intensity's a little bit higher, but um, they, they're not deep water people. So we let them stay in that transitional depth at the right. five feet and then we give them alternate exercises to do. Um, the one we're not doing right now, just because we we're trying to find time and space in the pool. We also have one that's called HydroFit, which is all pretty much all deep water. And they use the dumbbells in the deep water. That's that's a toning one. Yeah. There's not as much cardio. Um, I was really impressed with that class when I took it. Yeah. it's uh, You'd be shocked. If yeah. you were to sit on land and watch them do it, it yeah. doesn't look that hard. Yeah. You're like, that doesn't look hard. And yeah. then you get in, you're like, wow. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of movement. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, um, a lot of using force. that resistance. Yeah. Long yep. levers, short levers. Yeah. That's a really great one. And then we also do offer a Monday night um, aqua aerobic class, which is taught um, similar to the Tuesday, Thursday morning, it's shallow and deep. And, um, we have a pretty good following for that one as well. And again, um, I really, uh, want to encourage people who are doing a lot of land exercising to just incorporate one day. Yes. Um, to get you started. I, I know that 10, 15 years ago when I was asked to teach an aqua aerobics class coming from land, um, I was like, wow, this is the best kept secret ever. Like you feel great when you leave, it kicks your butt a little bit later, like kind of sneaks up on you. But I was like, why isn't every instructor doing this? Like teaching both land right. and water. Now there is some timing issues and that kind of, of stuff that come with it, but, yeah. um, it was a great transition and, um, I was so glad for the opportunity to be able to do it. Let's talk about glide fit yes let's talk about glide fit glide fit (laughs) kicked my butt the other day um i took it and was just uh wow Mm -hmm. that's a tough class now i'm a i I love yoga i love all the yoga poses i do a lot of yoga um i've been teaching for 30 years on land cardio style classes lots of different styles but man that one took me out of my comfort zone it really did. So let's talk to people about what's glide fit. Yeah, it can rock your world. Um, and this would be one that if uh, I, I actually was just talking to the other instructor um, the other day about how we need to talk to our swim teams. We need the to athletes. talk to our gymnastics teams. We need to talk to all the athletes. Yes. Basically what this class is, it's taught on a large paddleboard. Um, and I, I want to I just want to throw out there when you, if you were to get, you can get on YouTube and look up glide fit classes and just kind of see what it looks like if you haven't seen it in person at the Y yet, but it's, you don't want to get into this class thinking, oh, I won't get wet. 
Yeah. Because you might. <laughs> you might. <laughs> the first couple times, you might. Yes, you're standing on a board or sitting or kneeling on a board, but the class is centered around balance and core strength. So again, anything you're you're doing where core strength is really important. Um, Which is every... Everybody. Every, everybody, but every sport. Every Yeah, every sport. Um, yeah. You know, it's... Somebody had said the other day, I didn't realize that swimmers needed so much core strength, you know, and right. it's like, well, how do you think they're doing those flip turns? You know, right. how do you think they're right. holding their body in that position in the water and, and their bottoms aren't sinking to the bottom? That is core strength. Um, all the sports, yeah, need it. And, and you think core strength is what's necessary to keep you from when you trip over that toy in the floor falling down or just right. tripping over, you know, if you're like me, you trip over the front of your feet all the time and um, you say, yeah, yeah, I've rehearsed that. How, how'd I do? How, how am I doing? <laughs> How's my landing? Right. But, um, it's, it, it's all centered around balance and it does, it incorporates a little bit of yoga, a little bit of Pilates. And then, um, after that, it's just kind of, I make up a new move every time I teach. Um, we encourage people not to like, when, when you look at the class, um, on YouTube or wherever you, you see an example of the class, you're not going to do everything you see them doing the first time you do yeah, it. right off the bat. Um, Sometimes it's just getting on the, yeah. It's like, uh, us instructors were, were fortunate that we had some time to kind of get on the boards and play around a little bit. The first time I tried to do what they call a surfer pop-up, where you lay on your belly and then jump up like a surfer would when they find right. that perfect wave. Um, yeah, it didn't go so well. I fell off. Several yeah. times. Um, just yeah, surfers make that look super cool and really do. easy. And, <laughs> and it looks not. so much fun. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm in a pool where there's no waves and no current and I just fell off this board. Right. So, um, and that you're talking to someone who's been in water all their life. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, when people come and join the class, I, I remind them, Hey, getting on the board and staying on it, you're not going to feel like you did much. Right. But when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to feel it in all the right places. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm thinking like even a skateboarder <laughs> exactly. would love the glide fit class because it's all about balance. It's all about. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have to, you know, hit the concrete. Yeah. I, I just taught the, I taught the class this <laughs> week fall. on Wednesday night. And um, one of the variations we did to an exercise was just lifting your foot off the board, keeping one foot on the board and lifting the other one off. Oh. Not kicking it in front of you, behind you, or to the side. Just, <laughs> just lifting, lifting it, it off the board maybe two inches. Yeah. Um, and we lost a participant at that point because yeah. he, he promptly fell off the board. Um, and I don't want that to scare anybody. I mean, no. we're there to help no. you. We're going to help you get back up. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's amazing. I was just telling Kathleen on our way here, boy, the inside of my knees were sore this week. Yeah. And I, and I teach the class. Holding on. Yeah. Gripping. And I used to, um, I used to like, I'm a snow skier and a water skier. Um, well I was a snow skier. Let me be honest with that. I was those things. Um, but I always preferred people would be like, which one do you like better? I always liked, um, snow and because I always had just a slight fear of the water, mm -hmm. right. I couldn't tell what was underneath when I was going to be like, is sure. there going to be seaweed down there? And I, but like, I can see what I'm going to hit mm -hmm. when I'm on snow. Um, Although it was so much softer coming down in the water. So, um, but I just, I love that particular class. I think it's just one of those things where if you're a, even if you're a yoga person, um, you know, it's kind of trying to do yoga poses on that board's challenging. Yeah. 
if you're a surfer or skateboarder, any of those things that pop up move, movement or trying to learn that, um, great for that. Uh, I could think even for a BMX rider who's really looking for that balance, mm-hmm. uh, challenging. This class offers a lot of stuff. It does. Yeah. A lot, a lot of yeah. stuff. For sure. Um, one thing we didn't cover was we have an advanced swim program. I don't know if they're back yet. They are Talk not. to me about advanced swim um, and what that, <laughs> who's in the advanced swim class. Yeah. Give a big shout out to our still record holder, uh, Sally. Is she still a record holder? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Sally Stevenson still has lots of pool records. Uh, she yeah. was Sally Hawk at the time, but she she was, and I'll tell you, she does a glide fit class and she yes. does a phenomenal job. She, um, she shows me up sometimes. But um, yeah, she was she was a big uh, participant in that one. The, the advanced, the adult advanced group, where we don't quite have it back yet, just because again we're phasing programs in from from COVID. That's definitely one we'll bring back. Um, that one was led. It actually started with um, someone who's uh, since moved out of the area, but at Tammy Engeldinger started that. She wanted something for the adults that were taking the beginner swim class. And we're then coming and starting to swim laps on their own. But then was like, okay, I'm getting bored. Like I have no right. idea how to create a workout. Um, I need, I'm learning the different strokes, but I need some technique work. And then, um, you know, and then we just had these, these folks that had been swimmers before that, that yeah. they wanted me to start a master swim team. <laughs> and I would love to do that. I'd love to be a part of a master swim team. Um, get me going again. But, uh, we just didn't have this time and space in the pool. So it was kind of Tammy's creation that, well, could we not have one or two days a week that we just have the adults get together as a group Mm -hmm. and we'll give them a workout and we'll do some stroke drills with them. We'll teach them the proper way to, um, even down to, we talked about properly breathing in water. You'd be shocked how many people swim laps and do not breathe properly when they swim as far as holding the breath and, and learning right. to exhale into the water. So they, they touch on all of that. Um, when Tammy um, had to leave the area, um, then we brought in our one of our swim coaches, Sue Colelli, was running that for us and um, did a really great job. She has the, the swimming background herself personally as a swimmer. And then she is one of our uh, swim team coaches for right. the Y swim team. She has so, a competitive edge still. Yeah. So, and and the, the great thing about that program is we would write workouts and then we would have workouts available. So if you were part of that program and you came in, the class was on Thursday night and Saturday mornings. If you came in on Monday night, you could ask the guard, hey, where are the workouts? And you can go through the workouts and pick a workout. It's written for you. We teach you how to read it. We teach you how to... Um, you know, do intervals on the pace clock, right. much like a competitive training swimmer would do, and um, gets them going. We get a lot of uh, runners that just want to do something a little different, former swimmers, triathletes. Mm-hmm. We get some triathletes in that one that have um, their performances improved because they're learning how to swim more efficiently. So that's one we definitely want to bring back. I'm, oh, gosh. We're getting right into swim team season, so it's um, a little crazy, but I'm hoping by spring to be able to bring that one back, and then hopefully most of this COVID mess has dissipated. And So um, you said it. You said the word, which, again, you've transitioned me right in so perfectly. We should always do the podcast together. Um, (laughs) Let's talk uh, safety protocol right now, and and, and then I'll end with something else, but um, just reassure our listeners – what, what are we doing? Yeah, 
For sure. Um, well, the, the number one thing is that we, we are obviously enforcing, to the best of our ability, the mask um, requirement. Um, on the deck. On the deck, yeah. Whether you believe in it or not, um, people hear that and they say, oh, so I have to wear a mask when I swim? No, no, no. Yeah. We want you to wear it when you come in. We want you to wear it in the locker room if you are changing before mm -hmm. you leave. We want you to wear it as you exit the building. As soon as you are ready to jump in that water and start your activity, the mask can come off. So that's the first thing we're doing. Um, we're also trying to limit the number of people on the deck so we can enforce social distancing. So we are still, it's not required, but we do recommend that you make your reservation for your space sure. in the pool. If you have a reservation, you have a guaranteed spot. Which is nice. Which is nice. And and when I yeah. discussed the possibility of lifting that, I had lots of members that were like, but wait a minute. I, I still want to do it. I, I still want to <laughs> reserve a spot. So yeah, we're going to have yeah. that available. But if you just wake up one day and say, hey, um, I got a free hour at one. I'm going to stop by the Y and see if there's a lane. You can do that. You can walk in. Um, we're checking everybody in. We're uh, members only at this point right now so that we have good contact info. We are uh, taking time in each hour to make sure that we are disinfecting everything. That's including the equipment that you use, our flippers and kickboards. Uh, so we are, you know, take all those high touch areas, the benches that you sit on, the plate, you know, the benches you're putting your personal items on. We are cleaning in the handrails coming out of the pool. Yep, we're even doing the handrails, <laughs> which seems kind of silly because we're using the same thing that's in the pool to clean it. <laughs> we're using chlorinated water or bleach water. Uh -huh. But, you know, it, it's it's one of those extra measures we're taking that is making people feel a little more comfortable. Um, our staff, other than our lifeguards sitting in the lifeguard chair and actively guarding, is wearing a mask. Um, anytime they are on the pool deck or anywhere in the building. And I'll be honest, a lot of my guards still wear it. I was going to say, most of the ones I've seen have been yeah, wearing it. Yeah, they still but. wear it. And um, they definitely have it there because if someone does approach them to ask a question, they do put the mask on their face to, to help protect you. Um, and then uh, anyone who's been participating in the swim lessons and, and classes that will notice that we have lowered the number of people we are allowing in the class. Um, swim lessons right now, if, if they are in a level where the instructor would normally had to put their hands on your child to support them or to, um, you know, assist them through the water, we are requiring that an adult get in the water. The instructor's still there. They're still instructing. They're still critiquing. They're still um, doing what they normally did. The only difference is, is they're not actually putting their hands on the child or getting in very close proximity to the child. They're mm -hmm. wearing a face shield, not a mask. Because if that gets wet, that gets right. kind of tricky. But they're wearing a face shield, um, you know, to protect you from them and, and us from you. And then we uh, are doing the, the screenings as they, as they come in, just kind of checking in with everybody right. and making sure they don't have any visible signs of illness, asking everyone to do self-checks before they come in. And um, we also have an illness policy that if a staff member is showing signs of illness, we have protocols they have to follow uh, before they can return back to work. Yeah. So yeah, we're doing a lot. It's yeah. So our um, our safety plan for COVID is available on our website at tuscymca.org, mm -hmm. and uh, we're being very transparent about that. Yes. Um, so far, currently, when this podcast has been recorded, um, we do not have whirlpool uh, steam room saunas or showers open mm -hmm. as of yet. 
Um, but we're obviously working with the health department, staying engaged with them, um, partnering with them to make sure everybody's safe. And when we do decide to reopen some of those things that we are doing it with the highest protocol from them. If, if uh, I could add one more thing I yeah. forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, if, if you started coming and using the aquatic facility in the very beginning, one of the first things that we said was we need you to come ready in your bathing suit to swim. And we need you to just put your clothes on over the bathing suit or put a towel around you and leave immediately. Much warmer then. It was much warmer then. <laughs> yes. yeah. So I just wanted to make sure I, I put out there that we are um, lifting that requirement a little bit. We have lots of folks who already have started coming and going. Once they check in with us, they go straight to the locker room and change. And then when they're done with their swim, they go and change in the locker room. So we are allowing that. We are allowing locker room use if you need it for the pool area. Um, all you got to do is let us know, hey, I'm here. If you enter mm -hmm. through the main um, entrance and come through the locker rooms, just let the lifeguard know, hey, I'm here. I had a reservation. We'll check you in and, and make sure that we right. know you're there. Um, and then when you leave, if you go to the locker room to change, you can exit through the lobby. We're okay with that. Or if you want to come across the pool deck and exit there, that's fine. But that was one thing that we've gotten a lot of questions about. Well, what's going to happen when it gets cold? Yeah. We've already started. If you need to use the locker room, you certainly can. Yeah, please do that. Um, mask on when you're in the, in the locker room area again, um, in our all, all our common areas, our lobbies and that type of thing. Uh, if you have any questions about that, you certainly can give us a call at the Y330-364-5511. Um, we're absolutely um, want to make you feel at ease and safe and ready to come back. Um, so again, um, to finish this off, I'm going to remind you, obviously you've heard me say it a dozen times already. Uh, we're a hundred years old in the community. If you have had not had a chance to come over and see the historical timeline, um, that is hanging in our wellness center hallway. Um, we would love for you to come over and see that display. It spotlights many of the amazing people that were in our YMCA history, starting with our first executive director, Miles Durr, um, going through the whole Tom Patton um, generation, um, highlights a lot of things from the Marsh family, some champion swimmers and coaches, some amazing volunteers and staff that have been with us both past and present. Um, so uh, we would encourage you to come and see the history of us in uh, Tuscarawas County and just join with us in that celebration as it comes to a close um, coming here in December. So um, we probably, um, I was sitting with somebody the other day and said, we still would love to have our gala. She was like, yeah, it'll just be the plus one gala. I was like, ah, I'm writing that down. Like, so shout out to Mary Marshall for that little um, great thing. But I want to take a, a moment to thank Jane Gingrich and the Patton family for helping us put together that particular timeline and anyone else who had um, some influence on that, our CEO, past CEO, um, Keith Lands, uh, really just helping us bring the history of the YMCA into a um, display that will be in our YMCA for a very long period of time. So this is not a uh, temporary display. It is bolted to the wall. So <laughs> we're hoping. I think my favorite thing out of what we did to celebrate that was as you walk through the lobby doors and you see that wall. Um, if you haven't seen the wall as you walk through the, the, the lobby doors into the main cool. exercise facility area, you've got to come see it. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you're going to have to come in and see it. Yeah, come in yeah. and see it. Big shout out to Lightning Signs who um, helped us with all of it. Um, I, I, they have done such a really great job helping us celebrate the 100th year and getting us ready for that. So we um, thank them for that. 
Um, obviously, your safety is our top priority, and our COVID response plan is available on our website, again, at TUSCYMCA.org. Um, we still would love to have a sponsor for this podcast so that we can keep them going. We want to thank uh, Josh and his team for helping us um, get this podcast um, out there to everyone. So they do a great job here. And uh, we encourage others to do podcasts because we would love to listen. Big shout out to our friends at Big Brothers Big Sisters as well. And we know that they're also doing podcasts here. And uh, we partner with them quite a bit, bringing all their littles into the Y and making them YMCA members, uh, having a safe place for them to share some time with their bigs. So um, big shout out to them. Um, anything else, Stace, that you can think of? Well, it's almost Turkey Day. <gasps> yes, Turkey Trot. Yes. Thank you so You're much. You're so welcome. Ah, I told her at the beginning, don't let me forget. Um, Turkey Trot is going virtual this year. So if you um, if you have been historically one of those people that loves to run the Turkey Trot, we cannot have it at our building. It's just too many people at one time, but we want you to run it virtually. Get online to our website, um, click on the Turkey Trot information, get yourself registered. The shirt this year obviously is going to have a turkey with a mask on because we have to do that, right? We have to historically plant our feet in the ground on this one. So you want to have that shirt. Um, so even if you don't run <laughs> just get it for the shirt. It's just going to be fun. And uh, we want to make sure that you're out there staying healthy. So you're going to run that virtual 5k in your own um, neighborhoods, or maybe you're going a little bit further, or maybe you're going to be out of town this time and you didn't want to miss the turkey trot. You still want the shirt. So get registered for that because that registration is going on right now. And we're excited about still being able to do that in the community because it's a definitely a mainstay for the community. We're going to celebrate a big um, mile marker for that race, particularly next year. I believe it's the 50th run. So, wow. Yeah. So super great. Hey, from uh, all of us at the YMCA, Stacy Harlan, aquatics director, and myself, um, have a great day. And thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs>